Hello, and thanks for joining us for episode 16 of Married Well, the podcast. Welcome to Married Well, the podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Creed. As a practicing therapist and marriage counselor, I help modern couples rebalance their relationship. In this show, we explore the real issues faced by couples today and share the best strategies for making marriage work. Are you frustrated with your marriage, disappointed with the reality of your relationship, or are you just struggling to make it all work? You're not alone and you're in the right place. This is your source for real advice for real couples who want to stay married well. What's the language of love? French, Italian, Spanish. I don't know. It's got to be French. (laughs) But seriously, everyone has a language of love. And it's different for every person. It's called your love language. Have you ever thought about your partner's love language? What about yours? That's what we're going to talk about on today's episode. On today's episode, we're going to talk about love languages. We're going to discuss what they are, why they matter, and how you can use your unique love language to level up your relationship. So I have a little secret. I love gifts. I love getting gifts. They don't have to be big. They don't have to be impressive. I'm not talking about diamonds, but I really like getting presents. And I especially like getting meaningful presents because to me, when I get a really meaningful out of the blue gift, it tells me that someone took time out of their day to make me a priority. It tells me that I was at the top of their mind and that, that makes me feel really, really special. So I adore getting gifts, but Because gift giving is so meaningful and so important to me and gift getting is so meaningful and important to me. I actually hate getting presents, especially around birthdays and Christmas, because they often feel obligatory, right? For me, getting a gift on my birthday, especially if it's something from Amazon or something that someone picked up last minute, it doesn't feel special and it doesn't feel very good. So even though I love gifts, I hate getting presents. And it took me years to understand why, why I was so sensitive around this issue. And this used to be an issue that my husband and I fought an awful lot about my birthday would come around. He'd order a gift off of Amazon and I would be completely brokenhearted. You know, my birthday would come around or Christmas would come around and he would get me a present, but it never really felt that special. So we argued a lot about this and it took me, quite frankly, it took me years to find the right words to explain what was going on and to help him understand that gift giving and gift receiving was one of my love languages. And because it is so meaningful, I could get the same little trinket from I don't know, from the, one of the little, you know, stores in my town and it would mean the world to me, but the same thing ordered off of Amazon would kind of hurt my feelings and break my heart. And again, this is because gift giving and gift receiving is one of my love languages. 
Now we're starting to get into the weeds, but that's what I want to talk about today. We're going to talk about love languages. We're going to talk about the role that it plays in creating warmth and connection in your relationship and what you can do if there's a disconnect like I had with my husband. But again, we're getting in the weeds. So let's go back to this universal truth. Happy couples, connected couples speak each other's love languages. Disconnected couples do not. And let me talk a little bit about what I mean. So often the couples that I work with come to me because they feel incredibly disconnected from their partner. If any of you have followed me on social media or listened to this podcast, you know, by now I'm a practicing couples therapist and a relationship coach. So all day, every day I help couples restore, repair, and reconnect. And most importantly, especially for this podcast, I help couples reconnect. And time and time again, couples come to me because they feel incredibly disconnected. Nothing big has happened in their relationship. There haven't been any huge betrayals or, or any major events. They just have drifted apart. They know that they love each other in their heads, but they don't feel in love anymore. They don't feel that warmth or that connection. There's not enough fondness, affection, admiration, or appreciation in their relationship. And even for couples who have a pretty good partnership, they just don't feel loved. They don't have that sense of warmth. At the end of the day, there isn't a spark in their marriage. And not having that spark, not having that sense of warmth can make marriage so hard. I mean, let's be real. Marriage is hard. You are trying to build a life with another person. That means giving up a lot of things. That means making compromises, negotiating. And if there's no spark, there's no connection. It's hard to feel like all of those sacrifices, all of those costs are actually worth it. And that's really one of the things that I want to talk about today, because knowing your partner's love language, hearing your partner speak your love language, that makes it all worth it. After all, modern marriages are not just about raising kids or financial security. We want more. We deserve more and we expect more. We want to be in love. And if you're not speaking your partner's love language, and they're not speaking yours, it is very, very hard to feel in love. So let's start from the top. What are love languages? What is a love language? So love language is a really simple concept created by Gary Chapman. He's an author. Feel free to Google him, grab his book. But it's just this very simple concept that describes the different ways that human beings express and hear love. It is that simple, but it's kind of a revolutionary concept for a lot of folks, for a lot of couples, because it acknowledges that we communicate love in so many different ways and saying, I love you. Isn't the only, or oftentimes even the best way to communicate love and affection. So this very simple concept can describe something that could be quite frankly, revolutionary for your relationship and your connection. Chapman describes five different love languages. Now, in my experience, 
there are probably hundreds, if not thousands of ways of showing and appreciating love. But there are five broad categories that can kind of help us wrap our minds around the different ways to express and hear love between two people. So those five different categories are words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, physical touch, and of course, gifts. That's one of mine. So let's break this down. What do each of these categories mean and what do they entail? So let's start with words of affirmation. Oftentimes, this is the one that folks think of first because words of affirmation can include things like saying, I love you, but it is so much broader than that. And oftentimes words of affirmation, the most impactful and meaningful ones have nothing to do with saying, I love you. It's all about noticing celebrating and telling your partner that you find them special, that you appreciate them. Those are words of affirmation. And the key to words of affirmation, it's not just about giving a simple compliment. It's not just about looking at your partner and saying, Hey honey, you look so cute today. That's good. (laughs) We all like to hear that, but words of affirmation are really, you know, at At its heart, this type of love language is about noticing what is special in your partner to both you and them and acknowledging it, saying it out loud. You can say it to other people in front of your partner. You can say it directly to them. You can write long love letters. You can send it in a quick text. The method of delivery matters to your partner, but overall, however you communicate them. It's fine. The whole goal is that you're acknowledging something meaningful to the person that you love. And I want to highlight this, this little tidbit right here, meaningful to someone you love. This is something that gets overlooked a lot when people talk about words of affirmation and giving words of affirmation, because oftentimes when we give folks words of affirmation, when we show them appreciation we talk about things that matter to us, right? So I will oftentimes compliment people on their shoes because I love shoes. I love shoes. So I notice people's shoes. If someone compliments me on my shoes, I feel pretty darn good. But there are a lot of people who could care less about shoes. And if I compliment them on their shoes, it's not gonna be meaningful. It's not gonna matter. It's not gonna feel warm. Sure. It's nice, but it's not something that really matters to them. So when you think of words of affirmation, it is not just about telling someone something that you find special. It's about highlighting something they find special in themselves. So this is this very special category. A lot of, I'll be honest, a lot of women that I know love words of affirmation and they often don't feel like they get it from their partners. And even after they've told their partners, give me compliments, show me appreciation. They still don't get exactly what they want because their partners are missing the mark a little bit. Their partners are giving them words of affirmation about something that the partner finds important, but not something that the wife feels is really meaningful. So when you tell your partner, my love language is words of affirmation, 
make sure you explain this part to them, (laughs) that it's not just about something they think is special about you. It's about highlighting something you think is special about yourself. So that's the brief overview on words of affirmation. So let's move into our next category, acts of service. Acts of service is simply a way of expressing love and appreciation by doing something for someone else. This could be anything from bringing them a cup of coffee in the morning to washing their car. Acts of service is doing something for someone. A lot of us find great value and meaning in acts of service. It's how we express love and it's how we feel love. You know, if, if you grew up in a family where people express love through cooking and making meals and feeding you, that is a great example of acts of service. Now, maybe you can already tell by that example, not every act of service resonates with every single person. You might not find that having an elaborate meal cooked for you is an act of service. It might be something else. It could be anything else. I know for me, huge acts of service, doing the dishes is an incredible act of service for me because I hate doing the dishes. It smells, it's stinky. I just don't like doing it. So when my husband does the dishes and he does them promptly, it makes me feel loved. If I did the dishes for him, it wouldn't really matter because he doesn't care. He does not care about the dishes but there are lots of other acts of service that he finds meaningful. When I make him coffee in the morning and bring it to him while he's at work, he works from home, right? So it's just a walk across the kitchen. But when I bring him coffee, it feels meaningful. When we're both working from home and I make an extra sandwich at lunch and I bring it to him so that he's got something to eat, that is an act of service that he appreciates. It wouldn't be the same for me. I don't want my husband to cook me lunch. So acts of service, again, it's a broad category. It means doing something for someone else, but it's gotta be the right thing. Not all acts of service are created equal. So again, this is another one of those love languages where you really need to get to know your partner. There are so many nuances. So if acts of service is one of your love languages and you wanna talk about it with your partner, highlight that. Highlight the types of acts of service that really matter to you and take time to ask them about the types of acts of service, the types of things that really matter to them because it is so, so personal. So again, that's that second love language, acts of service. Let's talk about love language number three that I mentioned, quality time. Quality time is another way to communicate I love you, I want you, I like you to your partner. Spending quality time is a great way to show that you care. And again, you're probably noticing a theme here. What quality time means varies by every person. There are so many couples who can sit together on the couch, touching shoulder to shoulder and playing games on their phone and that feels like quality time. And there are so many other couples where that would be completely unsatisfying. So quality time and what it means to spend quality time is very important. It's very unique and it's very, very individual. So again, you're probably catching a theme here. 
yes, there are broad categories of love languages, but each love language is unique and specific in the way that people hear and receive it. So that's quality time. That's what that means. The other love language I want to talk about is physical touch. Physical touch is an incredibly powerful love language. It can also be a kind of controversial one because when I talk about physical touch, oftentimes what folks hear is sex. I'll put it that bluntly. And it's not that simple. Parts of physical touch could include sex, but it doesn't have to. Physical touch can also be holding hands, sharing a deep hug, sitting next to each other on the couch. Those are all different types of physical touch and affection. And I think it's really important when you talk about physical touch as a love language to acknowledge that there is a range and also to acknowledge that it's kind of controversial. And I say that because when it comes to the body and what our partners ask of us about our bodies, that can be a really tough negotiating piece, right? You know, you want to feel completely in control, of course, but we also want to be giving. We want to acknowledge our partner's needs. So this is an area that I highly encourage couples to really talk about, to talk about what it means and to be creative about how you satisfy that love language, that need for physical touch in each other's lives. Cause again, it can be so, so different. And if you're a mom to young kids, sometimes even older kids, there's a pretty good chance that you're touched out. You have had more than enough touch for the day and you're tired, but that doesn't mean you cannot give your partner touch or that you cannot find new ways to be touched that are different, that are different enough where you don't feel overloaded or overwhelmed. So this is that really important love language, physical touch. And again, that theme, it is so individual. So you really do need to spend some time talking to your partner about what physical touch means to them, what they like, what they don't like, and why it matters. So that's physical touch as a love language. The last broad category I want to talk about gifts. And I kind of talked about them earlier because this is one of my love languages is gifts, gift giving and gift receiving, but gifts really is another love language. And kind of like I mentioned at the top of the episode, giving and receiving gifts, it is not necessarily about making grand gestures. Sometimes it is. Sometimes a grand gesture is warranted. Sometimes it is about you know, giving a piece of jewelry or something really spectacular. But most of the time, most of the time, gift giving and gift receiving is about meaning. Kind of like I said at the top of the episode, this love language is about showing someone that they're at the top of your mind, that you'll go out of your way to make them feel special, to make them feel loved, and that you know them you know, their likes, their dislikes, the things that make them happy. As you probably have noticed, each of these love languages, it really, at the end of the day, it's about knowing your partner. 
knowing, for example, what type of gifts they like. If they like getting flowers, what type of flowers? By now, my husband knows, don't get me carnations. I have them all over my garden, but do not buy me carnations. It's one of those things. And in order to speak my love language of gift giving and to give me flowers, he needs to know what type of flowers I like and why, and even sometimes what time of year. So each of these love languages is an incredible opportunity to get to know your partner better, to ask them about themselves and to share something really special about yourself because you cannot speak your partner's love language unless you really understand what it means. It is not enough to have your partner say, my love language is physical touch and words of affirmation. It's not enough. You have to be curious. You need to ask more. And that goes back to learning how to speak each other's love languages. Something that I want you to think about learning how to speak your partner's love language is not about giving up yours. If your love language is giving gifts and your partner's primary love language is physical touch, don't stop giving gifts. This is just about adding something in, but do pay attention to the nuances in your partner's love language, right? I like to think about it as a regional dialect. (laughs) You think about the United States. We all speak some variation of English, but the dialect varies from state to state, from region to region. It is not enough to speak your partner's love language. You need to understand their dialect as well. And you need to take time to, again, keep expressing love in your love language, but also make it a priority to express love in their love language. And something that I think can be interesting to think about is love languages are not, how do I say this? They're not universal in terms of both hearing and expressing. And what I mean by that is someone could express love in one way, like words of affirmation and receive love in a different way, like physical touch. This is something very true about my husband. The way he expresses love and hears love is very different. So I know I need to pay attention not only to what he's showing me, but what I know he needs, what I know he appreciates. So when you're having a conversation with your partner, when you're trying to learn their love language and when you're trying to teach them yours, just pay a little attention to the differences here and go deep. This is something I encourage couples all the time to think about. Go deep in your conversations. You're listening to this podcast because you want to be connected to your partner. The best way to be connected is to go deep, have deep, intimate conversations. Talk about your feelings. Talk about not only what your love language is and your dialect, but also why where it comes from. I'll give you an example. When I talk about gifts, it is not just about giving and receiving gifts. It's about being at the top of my husband's mind. It is, it is actually, I want him to go out of his way. I don't want him to buy me something off of Amazon that was quick and easy. I want him to go out of his way to do something special. And even deeper than that, it's because I grew up in a household where my mom showed her love through gifts. She was a really good gift giver. 
the gifts were very meaningful. Um, she always knew what I'd like, what I might want. Uh, she surprised me out of the blue. And so that's my history. And when I talk about my love language, it's not enough for me to share with my partner what it is or how he can speak it, but also why, where it comes from. And when you're teaching your partner, your love language, go there, get vulnerable. Oh, I use the V word, get vulnerable. And when you are learning your partner's love language, ask them to be vulnerable, ask them questions, explore, ask them why. So that is really how you learn your partner's love language and how you teach them yours. Love languages can be a little challenging to adopt at first because sometimes it doesn't feel natural. For example, words of affirmation do not feel natural to me. I am a therapist, so I have spent years learning how to give words of affirmation. <laughs> it's probably never going to feel natural because I didn't get a lot of that in my house. That wasn't how my family showed love. They showed love in lots of different ways. That wasn't a way. So it's always going to feel a little awkward for me. That is okay. Awkward's okay. I, I have conversations with couples all the time who, who flat out tell me, I can't do what my partner asks because I'm not a romantic person or I'm not a physical touch person. That's not who I am. And I'm actually going to challenge you a little bit. I'm going to challenge your mindset to spend some time thinking about why, why do you think you're not that type of person? What does it mean to be that type of person? What's getting in the way there? So again, this is something that might not feel natural at first, but just because it doesn't feel natural that doesn't mean that it's wrong. That doesn't mean it's not something that you can learn how to do or even to master. It is just something that you might have to set reminders for yourself for, create habits around. Like any other habit, put an alarm in your phone. If your partner's love language is words of affirmation, set an alarm three times a day while you're at work to send them a, a text message telling them how much you love them and why. It is that simple. So again, it's okay if this doesn't come incredibly naturally to you at first. It doesn't mean you can't grow. It doesn't mean you can't change. So think about it for a second. What would it feel like if your partner spoke your love language? If your partner knew, really knew how to express, I love you, how to make you feel seen and heard and understood and special. What would that feel like for so many of the couples that I work with that feeling changes their marriage. It doesn't mean that it solves all your problems. I'm not going to lie to you. Learning your partner's love language is not going to solve every problem in your marriage, but it will go a long, long way in terms of helping you connect feeling like you're in sync because we all express love in a different way, which means we all hear love in a different way. And if you're not speaking your partner's love language, they will not feel loved. They might know you love them in their head, but they won't feel it in their heart. And that is kind of what, what separates that difference for the couples that I work with. So many couples come in and they tell me, I love my husband, but I don't know if I'm in love anymore, or 
I know I love my husband, but I don't know if he's in love with me. Speaking your partner's love language can go a long way in terms of reconnecting you and repairing that bond and helping you feel in love again. So that is why it is so important and why it really does matter for your marriage. So like I mentioned earlier, every day I help couples just like you stop drifting apart and start reconnecting. And love languages is a concept that I talk a lot about with couples who have started to feel disconnected or who kind of start to worry that they're drifting apart. And I like to use love languages because it is a great, easy way to level up your relationship. And so now I want to talk about how you can use your unique love language and your partner's unique love language to level up your connection. Like I mentioned earlier, love languages are a great way to connect because to really understand your love language and your partners, you have to have a deep understanding of yourself and your significant other. And this deep understanding is actually the root of connection. So if you are looking to level up your love languages to level up your connection, start simply. Start by reflecting on your love language and open up a conversation with your partner. Maybe this is something that you've already done before, but it's actually really good to revisit it because love languages change over time. Before I had kids, one of my love languages was not acts of service. I could have cared less about acts of service, but whoa, after I had kids, Acts of service is one of my primary love languages. I could say the same for my husband. Now it's one of his. Love languages change over time. So even if you've had a conversation, maybe it was years ago, revisit it. Open up a conversation with your partner about their love languages. And like I mentioned earlier, go deep, get curious, really talk not only about what your love language is, get specific, talk about the subtleties, the nuances. And then talk about why get vulnerable, talk about why this is your love language, why it matters, where it came from, how you're affected growing up, just get deep with your partner in this conversation. And then once you feel like you have a really good understanding of your love language and your partner's love language, create a list of, I don't know, let's say five things that you and your partner can do to show love and five things that your partner can do to show you love in your love language. This is a great jumping off point so that if your natural love language doesn't match up with your partner, you already have a list of ideas about how to start speaking their language. So these lists can be incredibly important. And it's also helpful to invite your partner to make a list, have them make a list of, for example, five different ways that they can show you physical touch that would make them feel loved. Five different ways they could give you a gift that would make you feel love or words of affirmation. It's really helpful to invite your partner into creating this list. And then, like I said, even if your love languages are not the same, you both, you both have really good jumping off points to start speaking each other's love language. Once you've started to work on speaking each other's love language, then it's time to practice hearing each other's love language. And this is something that I often find gets overlooked with couples. Couples get extremely frustrated 
that their partners are not speaking their love language. Let's take that example I used earlier about compliments. So many folks come into my office really frustrated that their partner is not showing them love through compliments. And yes, they have a point, but what they're missing is all the different ways that their partner is showing love. So once you've started to practice speaking your partner's love language, practice hearing their love language. Look for ways that they are showing you love through their natural love language. My husband is, you know, he's turned into an acts of service person. So I know that I need to look out for the small things he is doing that show me love. That is a way that I practice hearing him. So again, hearing your partner in their natural love language is really important because it reminds you that even if, even if they're not getting it perfect, even if they're not always speaking yours, that they still love you. And they're still trying to show you in their own way that they care. Once you start paying attention and noticing what your partner's doing right, when you're noticing them speak their natural love language, you will be surprised at how much fondness and affection you start to notice and feel. So this is critical. You want to level up your connection? Look for ways that your partner's already saying, I love you in their own language and in their own way. I really appreciate the concept of love languages. And it is something that I talk to almost every couple I work with about, because quite simply speaking your partner's love language is the shortest path to their heart. And if you want a, uh, if you want a head start in reconnecting, start with your partner's love language. So like with every pod, I want to leave you with one of my top tips. If you are interested in leveling up your connection, in speaking your partner's love language, in learning your partner's love language, here is my top tip. Grab your partner, set aside a little bit of time, let's say an hour, maybe even two. This is a great Friday night activity. Set aside some time and make a timeline of your relationship with your partner. And walking through that timeline from the moment you met to when you got married, maybe you had kids to now walking through that timeline, highlight, talk about the different times in your marriage where you felt the most loved and share with each other why. This is a great opportunity to really notice what your love languages are how they've evolved with time and to celebrate the golden memories of you speaking each other's love languages. Because even if you're disconnected now, that doesn't mean you have always been disconnected in the past. And it doesn't mean you will be disconnected in the future. Creating a timeline can remind you of that fact. It just feels warm, just feels good. So again, my top tip, if you're interested in reconnecting with your partner, really working on love languages, create this relationship timeline, notice, highlight the times where you have felt the most loved in your relationship and share them with your partner and talk about why. And once you really understand your timeline and your partner's timeline, make some plans for the future, make some plans on your timeline for how you want to be showed love in the future and how you want to show love in the future. This is a great way to use love languages to just level up your relationship and level up your connection. So if you like the concept of love languages and you want to become a better speaker of your partner's love language, 
follow me on Instagram. I share a lot of tips, tricks, and practical advice around love languages and other ways that you can level up your relationship. And if you are interested in doing this timeline, reach out. I want to hear what's on your relationship timeline. And I want to hear some of your golden times and your golden memories. I'd love to connect. Thanks for listening to Married Well, the podcast. Have a comment or a topic you'd like me to cover? I'd love to hear from you over on Instagram at married.well. Show notes and resources can be found at marriedwell.co. Special thanks to Emily Harding for producing this episode. Ready to level up your relationship? Start with my free quiz at marriedwell.co slash quiz and get a tailored to you strategy to overcome your biggest relationship roadblocks. Remember, relationships don't have to be this hard. You can be married well. See you next time.